Yeah, you know what you can get me, Pee Wee? What? El hombre. That was a catastrophe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's a new low. Yeah. is better. El hombre. Brought to you by Hunt Services. El hombre. The natural meets Rudy meets... I don't even know how to describe it. El hombre. He's here, everybody. Every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, we bring in this man for a conversation. He joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the one, the only El Hombre. Michael Bradley with us. How are you, man? Well, we are wobbling, wandering into the abyss with this deal that was announced today. Which, which Forget do- about cable. It's all going to be streaming. It's not the Altuve <laughs> thing. Who cares? <laughs> the fact that we now have to deal with all of our sports on streaming is not going to be good. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, just, Dave, Dave and I have been railing. You know, every time they put a game on, uh, whatever Peacock or baseball games on Apple TV, invariably we get the text like, "Oh, you guys are just too old." It's like, no, no, no. This is about technology making your life more streamlined, easier, more efficient, and that does the exact opposite. It was funny. I was, I was actually, I didn't know this was going to happen today. I was walking to my car after teaching and educating America's youth. And I said (laughs) to myself, self, from the beginning of sports on television, every successive, uh, you know, step forward has been an improvement. So we went from broadcast to cable. We went from cable to uh, specialty channels. We went from, you know, from having to get whatever they say to being able to buy, you know, a la carte stuff. I don't think this next one is going to be what, uh, you know, everything that you want because of a few things. I got a few dumb TVs in my house, okay? They're not smart TVs. I am watching one right now, my 1989 Shark. Does this mean I got to go out and buy a smart TV or go out and buy a fire stick for a new TV? Yep. Do I have to get different cable boxes and this and that and the third? How easily will you be able to shift between games as you're watching them? There's an awful lot here yeah. that is, it, it so far hasn't been put out. And that's where the convenience and the ease is going away, are going away, excuse me. Well, and also, you know, it used to be that it was there for everybody, you know, and it was on, you know, the three major right. channels or whatever. And then, you know, Fox came along. and But still, I mean, that to me, it's, it's sort of elitist. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, it used to be a game that everybody could enjoy and you could just turn it on. You don't have to stream or pay any extra money or anything. I think I think that's what you know, really where they're kind of missing a little bit there, the NFL. Uh, well, I mean, and, and look, this is there's nothing that's going to stand in the way of the profit, and there's nothing that's going to stand in the way of the, of the quote-unquote progress, and we'll be called a bunch of grouchy old dinosaurs. But I will tell you this, I can get on my TV pretty much anything I want, but when I want to switch between Fox and uh, this and that on this app, is it going to be as quick as it is when I go from CBS to NBC on my cable? I doubt it. And that's what that's what the problem is, because you want to watch multiple games on the same set. You're not, you're going to need a remote control the size of the launch panel at the NASA. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, listen, I understand there's advancements and technology continues to, to grow and all of that. But the, it, it's that's been my argument is that as we sit now with cable or whatever you've got. I can just hit one button, the back button. I can go from one game to the next yeah. with one push of a button. You You just don't. And that's easy. That being on on signed into Peacock or whatever, you got to sign out. You you click a button to go to something else. You got to sign back in. There's no ease. There's no. There's nothing fluid or smooth about it. It's more cumbersome. It's 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 the opposite of what technology is supposed to provide. 
Exactly, and that's the thing. Right now we can go on Amazon, order something. It can show up that day if you want it uh, or, or the next day. That's good. That's convenient. Uh, you know, think about uh, everything. You know, you go, to, you go to a place, you order in advance. You show up when you want. You pick it up. It's great. I love it. Trust me, I use all this stuff. Uh, you know, Uber, it's great. I need a ride home. All right, I'm going to leave in 10 minutes. I've had a couple too many Dr. Peppers. I get driven home. It's very <laughs> convenient. This is great stuff. But if you're going to make it harder for me to watch games, I'm going to be grouchy. I like, yeah, grouchy er. You got to put that in there. I like that you uh, you use Dr. Pepper as an example of having too many, too many Dr. Peppers. I've got my students saying that now. That that's hilarious because yeah. they're like they graduate and they say, "Hey, Professor Bradley, I got to be in town. You want to grab a Dr. Pepper?" <laughs> hey, Michael, how many Super Bowls have you been to? Uh, let's see, uh, and then zero. Zero. Okay. No desire. Too many people. Too much nonsense. And now Joe Buck's saying that there's going to be like a cataclysm at this one. What? Did you Did you see? I saw on Twitter the Twitter machine. Unless somebody was joking, somebody said, "I'm glad." He said, "I'm not glad. I'm not going to be there. Something's going to happen." Oh, what, what does that mean? Like, what, did he specify what he or what does he think no, the building's going to collapse? What's he, he talking? He said the fact that it's in Vegas is not going to be a good thing. And I get it. Vegas is Looney Town, USA. So who knows what's going to happen? You already got a problem with the San Francisco 49ers practice field. It looks like they're playing at sand. So, uh, you know, I don't know, but I'm glad I'm not at this one. <laughs> well, it just seems like it's so much better on TV. And Bob and I were talking yeah. about it. I've been to four of them. And the one, the Super Bowl 40, which is where the Seahawks lost to Pittsburgh, I had no sense that the officials screwed that game up. You know, just being there, it didn't. It didn't really, right. didn't really resonate, and it was kind of, kind of shocking. But also, I just, I feel like it's such a better product uh, at home. You know, sitting there with, uh, you know, and then you look at the prices. What was the the lowest price? Fifty four hundred dollars like on StubHub. Fifty eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that doesn't count the fees. What do you think? The what do you think? I mean, StubHub basically, it's like Redbeard, Blackbeard, and 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 uh, you know, John Lafitte are all running the place now. It's all pirates. So if it's $5,800 for the ticket, the fees have got to be twelve dollars or $1,300. Yeah. Who's going to pay that kind of money to watch the game? Yeah. Uh, it, crazy. It, it's, it's just a, I get the intrigue if you've never been, you know, wanting to go to a Super Bowl, especially if your team's in it, certainly. But once you've been to one, it's it's kind of you, you realize this isn't that awesome. This is, you know, the vibe in the building is so different than a normal game. Except for the Seahawks in New York, that that building was was rumbling. All the Seahawks fans that were there, that yeah. was the, that was the one that stood out because I've been to seven of them, Michael, and the other six were just kind of like, yeah, this feels muted. It feels weird. It's just a different vibe, different crowd, and it's 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 much better. It's just such a better experience on TV. On your you got your own concessions in your house. You got your your private bathroom. You've got the best seat in the house. It's just a better overall experience. So the idea that yeah, somebody look, I've been to... go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I've been to eight or nine baseball games, a World Series game. That's a that's something I'll go to. That's something while you know it's it's expensiver, but it's it's not ridiculous to buy the, the, the list <laughs> tickets. It's 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 not uh, you know the face value tickets. It's it's a better you know you're in your home park, you know where you are, what you're doing. I've been to NBA Finals, same thing. So. Uh, the Super Bowl, because it's at a neutral site, because it's such a spectacle, I got to think sitting there now, 
the, the commercial breaks have got to be like four or five minutes. So that's got to be excruciating. You don't see the commercials. You don't get to see the replays anymore. You don't really know what's going on. I, you know, I can go to football games. You got to text somebody who's watching at home. Hey, yeah. what happened? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> like Vincent Van Gopher in the Deputy Dog commercial uh, cartoons. What happened, Muskie? You know, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'll take your word for that one. Uh, hey, do you um, do you like do you get into the commercials at all? Do you look forward to that at all, or is that just silly to you? I used to. They stink anymore. Yeah. I, I liked Bud Bowl. Okay, and think about the when when um, uh, Apple made did the first commercial. Yes, the first commercial where the guy threw the, the the thing at the screen. The hammer, yeah. That was like that. Yeah, that was unbelievably groundbreaking. No, no product has been introduced as dramatically as that. Now we're just going to get a bunch of cute things or or silly things or stars, and yeah, you know, I'm not. I don't think they're going to be that good. I, I don't think so. I'm hoping, but I don't think so. Did you see the cost of what a Swede is out there? Oh my God! And and who bought it? Who bought the thing? It was it was uh, uh, McCaffrey's fiance. Uh, McCaffrey's fiance. Who was that? Olivia Culpo or somebody? Yeah, or? I guess she's a masupra. She's obviously got big bucks because they said the going rate. What kind of money does she have? Well, they, like they one point two million dollars. Well, they said it's the bottom is eight hundred thousand. The top is two million. For, oh, for one game, unbelievable. <laughs> that kind of makes yeah, me that's, sick. That's insanity. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, but hey, look, it's what the market will bear. If it, if if those suites were empty, the prices would come down. Yeah. But people are buying them. I mean, look, this is the this streaming. The the fact that the games are getting more expensive, the fact that the the suites are are becoming out of out of control. This is turning sports. It's going to turn sports into something that is no longer as accessible for the average person. I mean, think about what an NBA ticket costs now. In, in Philadelphia, if you want to sit in the lower level, a corner behind the basket, it's like $85 a game. You take the family of four to that, you're paying $340 just for the tickets, $25 to park. Somebody wants a hot dog. You know, it's four or $500 to go to a game. Yeah. And who knows who's going to play? Load management. So it could easily be you go and watch a bunch of scrubs play and you drop four or $500. For some people, that's half a mortgage payment. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, uh, getting back to the suite, is if you spend, let's say it's a million two or a million five, don't you think you're – my expectations are going to be so high for oh, that. Oh. I mean, it just it just sounds like it just is, would entirely set you up for disappointment. Oh, yeah. I mean, what do we have to eat? Oh, sliders, chicken fingers, french fries. <laughs> you know, we've got a nice assortment of domestic beers, and uh, we've got uh, well drinks. So here you go. Live it up, pal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, as far as the game goes, what's, what's your feeling? Uh, Chiefs taking on the 49ers. You know, there are different storylines going on depending on, on which team you're following. But uh, just first first blush reaction, Do you based on how they look coming out of their most recent games, who do you like? Um, you know, I was, I was concerned that the Chiefs um, ended up uh, not scoring in the second half against Baltimore. Uh, you know, we, I'm one of those in Patrick, we trust kind of guys. And I got to ride with him and Reed until they lose. So, I mean, I'm picking the chiefs, but if the 49ers do what they can, which is kind of run the ball right at the chiefs, chiefs are at a disadvantage. If you, if you try to throw against them, their secondary is much improved. That's what Baltimore did. They 
completely outcoached. It was a horrible game plan for the Ravens. So the way I look at it is if, if you're if you're San Francisco, you're having a lot of runs with McCaffrey early on. You're going to try to soften them up. You don't make Purdy have to beat you with downfield throws. They could win this game. I, I, I think you know, Shanahan is a very good coach. The only X factor is how does Purdy handle all of this and what does Shanahan ask him to do? If he doesn't have to do a lot, and I mean 20, 25 throws, if he's got to throw it 40 times, then there could be a problem. But I'm still going to pick the Chiefs because Big Red and, and Mahomes have done it on the road so far. I think they did it against better teams than San Francisco did. And I think that this is, you know, it's tough for me to say I'm not going to pick Mahomes. Well, you know the whole thing's scripted. That's why the Chiefs are there because <laughs> oh, yeah. of uh, Taylor Swift and and whatnot. Have you seen these uh, geniuses? Oh, yeah, I got the script. Look, we we right now are infested as a country. I'm sorry to say, with morons. <laughs> we we have become evolution is supposed to be an improvement of the species. We are devolving before my very eyes. It's unbelievable. It's idiocracy. So when you believe. When you believe all of this stuff, then you've got to ask yourself a question. What, where is your reality in life? What do you consider reality? Because, look, it used to be just the people who lost their bets who said the games were fixed. Yeah. You know, it, you know <laughs> it's, right. it's fixed, of course, because I lost my bet. No, right. you lost your bet because you don't know how to gamble. And, and you lose money because gambling is always stacked against you. Um, I, I think I don't want to get in it. It just agitates me. No, I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's so absurd. But anyway, uh, moving on to other things. Did you see the story about the A's? The 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 mayor of Vegas yeah. is basically saying, yeah, they should really try to work things out in Oakland. Which is, have we ever heard that from a destination city where a team of professional franchise is looking to move? Is this far along in the process? And you've got the mayor out there going. Yeah, their dreams to be on the water by the bay. They should really work that out in Oakland. Yeah, you're you're right. That that is unprecedented because usually it's come on down. We'll give you anything you want. Yeah, tax breaks. We'll pay for half the stadium. We'll give you whatever you want. Now it's sort of like, well, you know what? Oakland's not a bad spot. Uh, <laughs> stick around. So uh, this is going to be very interesting, especially where they're going to play this year. I think they're playing at like a little league field in Carlsbad or something. It, it's going to be amazing. Can you imagine you're you're a major league baseball player? You're used to staying in a fabulous, you know, in top flight hotels. You're going into a lot, a clubhouse that's you know designed for you to have top performance and be as comfortable as possible. And it's like. Uh, yeah, you guys got to get dressed in the bus around the back. Yeah. You don't have a visitor's locker room. Well, I think they're in the stadium this year. They're in they're in the Coliseum. Through, their lease ends Not at the next year, though. No, the lease runs out following the 2024 season. But the problem is, they're the plans as they sit right now for the new park are to finish in time for the 2028 season. So you've got yeah. <laughs> so you got a little bit of a gap between the end of this coming this season and if they go to Vegas, I don't maybe they don't go to Vegas now. Maybe they work something out in Oakland, but I feel bad for the fans that show up out there and 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 this is a ray of light for them. I hope I hope they do end up staying in Oakland and get a new building. Well, yeah, I mean, look, there've been all sorts of designs and all sorts of projects and all sorts of things that are going on to try to get them to stay. I think they're just blinded by the chance to get some sort of crazy cash register to play in in Las Vegas. But when the mayor of Vegas is gone, uh, it's not so bad. <laughs> there's a, there's an issue there. Yeah, that was that was shocking. Hey, um, yes. there there's not a lot of uh, as far as the pa- 
in the past, the Super Bowls, there's always been in the week before some kind of controversy or something. We were talking about the the deer, what was it? Deer, uh, antler, deer spray. antler spray. And then, you know, all oh, that yeah. stuff with, with Ray Lewis brought back up. It seems like every year there's something. This year, it's supposed, I guess it's Kadarius Tony, and he's sort of complaining about and saying he wasn't hurt. But pretty pretty mild as far as that goes i'm just trying to remember some of the so far dave yeah so, so far. far there's still time you're right but yeah i was just going to say it's only it's only tuesday yeah and, and so we, we've got a you know remember one of the things who was it the buchanan or whatever got he was out the night before the super bowl or something and got arrested for solicitation and i can't remember there's been enough craziness going on which one so, which one was that because we went through stanley wilson with the, the Bengals. Falcons? Yeah, that Falcons was Eugene team? Robinson that you're talking about. Eugene Robinson, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be something. My favorite one is when when the uh, Raiders played the Eagles back in 1981, uh, the 80 season. The, the coach, Tom Flores, said, you know, okay, you guys can go out on Bourbon Street. It was in New Orleans. Go out on Bourbon Street. Get it out of your system. The next night, there's bed check, and there's no John Matuzak. And somebody <laughs> says, why were you out? You weren't supposed to be out. He's like, Oh, I was out making sure nobody else was out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then they clocked the Eagles. It's like Matuzak was could they that the whole team could have been out drinking right before the game and they still would have won that. Vermeil had his team so tight. You know what's funny, Michael, I don't know if you remember this, that there was a rumor and I'm not entirely sure. It could be a, a true story, but Max McGee, who was the very first oh, Super yeah, Bowl. That's completely true. Yeah, we're true. Yeah, so he didn't expect to play. He's a backup. <laughs> guy in front of him gets hurt and he had been out the night before like smoking and drinking and he was hung over is that the story you heard yeah well here's the thing back then boyd daller and um who's the other wide receiver oh come on this is killing me so the, the packers had two wide re- carol dale they had two wide receivers they didn't play anybody else there were no three wide receiver sets back then and yeah. they didn't substitute the 11 guys who played played so max mcgee was the backup he hadn't played very much at all and he ended up uh He's going out the night before. They caught him, like, coming into the hotel in the morning, like 6. Oh, they were getting ready to go to the game. He's coming in. He's sitting on the, on the sideline, figuring, all right, I'm hung over. I can hang out in the sun in L.A. for a little while. And all of a sudden, I think it was Dowler who went down. Here comes Max McGee, catches two touchdown passes, including a one-hander. Yeah. Yeah, he had, like, 140 yards receiving. And <laughs> I love going That's back. and makes sports great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I like going back and looking at those uh, the older Super Bowls and just the the lack of hype. And I remember Up with People was the halftime show oh, one time. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's great, brutal. And, and here's the thing: uh, on last Saturday, NFL Network does what it does every year, and it played the half hour recaps of all fifty seven Super Bowls. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it takes it takes a day, a full day to get them all done. Yeah. But I was able to record, I think, numbers 5 through 12 or 13. I'm, I'm upset that I missed the first four because uh, I forgot they were doing it. I'll get them next year. But now I've got them. You know, I can watch. If I want to watch Pittsburgh Dallas 1 or Pittsburgh Dallas 2, oh, bless his heart, he's got to be the sickest man in America when Jackie Smith dropped that touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. He is El Hombre, Michael Bradley, with us every Tuesday at 5 o'clock is where you can find him. And you can find him on Twitter at Daily Hombre. At Daily Hombre is where you find him there. Michael, as always, we appreciate it. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We look forward to the conversation next week. Take the points, suckers. Take the points. Ooh. Are the 49ers still favored? I know they were initially were they the favorite. So Which he, I thought was odd because he, I agreed with him that the Chiefs win 
on the road against Baltimore was more impressive than what the 49ers did yeah. against the Lions. Um, yeah, so he said take the points, and I think the Chiefs are, are underdogs. So he's saying take the points and bet on the Chiefs. There you go. The chefs. Gambling advice from uh, El Hombre. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation, it will be available on the podcast page after the show at Seattle Sports. Com. Meanwhile, there's a change that should be noticeable for the Seahawks defense next season. We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. The Kelsey brothers will be the next... Manning brothers. They'll be the next uh, brother tandem to overtake the NFL world, Dave. Jason Kelsey, him and his brother, how many commercials are they on? I know I just saw the Tide commercial. Well, the mom's in a couple commercials, right, with them? Yeah, there's like a Chunky Soup one. It almost seemed like the Watt brothers would be the the, maybe the next one because their mom was in the commercial with them, right? Yeah. And JJ. Yeah, didn't somebody say, knock it off back there or something like that? Yeah, they, they, they do a nice job capitalizing yeah. on the brother tandems in, in the NFL. But, yeah, the Kelsey brothers with the success of their podcast and obviously their success on the field, they're primed and ready to take over if the Manning brothers want to take a step back. I don't know if, if they will, but, yeah, they seem ready for it. Dave. Yeah, I, to me, Jason Kelsey is hilarious. I, I mean, love that guy. He, he is – he just – He's, he reminds me of every offensive lineman I ever played with. Kind of like if you got him and Mark Schlereth together, can you imagine? So, yeah, uh, it, it's... I'm it seems like they'd of, have the same sense of humor. Yeah. I'm trying <laughs> to think of how many different different things. looks like they're going to Arnold Schwarzenegger now for the State Farm deal. Oh, I looks saw like, that, like a preview or something like yeah. coming soon or something. I haven't seen if they've done a commercial with him. Uh, no, I just saw the picture of him. Yeah, you know, but um, but isn't Kelsey? He's in one of those, right? Yeah, he's um, in well, well, with, with Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they got the chunky soup. They got tied. I mean, it's yeah, they're doing just fine. They're doing they're, they're doing, doing really, really well. well. <laughs> hey, so we looked at a few different things and roll the tape earlier in the show and talked about you know obviously the Seahawks defense has been problematic for a number of years now and it feels like it kind of came to a head this past season. Um, in terms of setting a standard and understanding what is is no longer going to be acceptable, acceptable or tolerated, uh, and we you used um, 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, and here he is talking about a couple of plays in that Lions game that were that he that he isolated that he looked at and said, no, 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 we 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 don't do this here. Uh, I think you really have to ask them individually. Uh, collectively as a team, I can tell you as a defense, it's unacceptable. Uh, and we talked about that. Uh, I wish I could tell these guys on play four, on play 27, this is what's going to happen. Um, you don't know. Uh, so we got to make sure that we play every down as if it's going to be the difference in the ball game. And you could see on those two particular plays, uh, it wasn't to our standard. And those guys understand and know that. And quite honestly, it was embarrassing. I like that. It, I like that he took it that personally. And, you know, like that's unacceptable. We're not doing it. The thing that stood out with me on that one, Bob, was, you know, instantly when he says play four and play 27, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go look at what these are and see, just see what they, what they look like. And they didn't, 
I would say Chase Young looks as bad as I've seen anybody on the 15-yard touchdown. It's really bad. I mean, he he just entirely loafs. And then, you know, he realizes that if he had just ran as hard as he could, he would have got a tackle instead of a – it wouldn't have been a touchdown. So um, – but it didn't look that – dissimilar than what I've seen from the Seahawks every once in a while. When I look, you know, I go back and look at like how many, how many times do you see? And it just kind of shows up like every once in a while, it'll just hit you like, Oh my God, these guys are jogging. Sometimes you go, okay, that guy's backside. He's not going to run, you know, all the way over there at full speed and, and things like that. But there were so many times last year that that was just so evident and sometimes it's kind of a hey, look at it in this in this light, and I don't know that I would have looked at it because I you know in that light as far as what the 49ers were looking at because yeah they had even Bosa on one of them was was kind of uh, kind of jogging a little bit so or it's like we like to call it jogging and there was so <laughs> much of that last year with the Seahawks that I I hope that that's something that I feel like that's something that's going to be a point of emphasis that it has like, to be right. Yeah, That's the we, one thing you can control is your effort. Yes. Absolutely. You, you're exactly right. I mean, you show up at – you're in a certain, you know, uh, shape that you're, you're ready to go. You've been working hard, all that. The bare minimum is that you go hard on every single play. And really, when you think about it, I mean, it's like these are short little anaerobic bursts. Yeah. Right? You know, you're talking about a seven-second play, an eight-second play. You know, you can't you can't give your all for seven, eight, nine seconds. I mean, come on. How, how much of that is, is, as Kyle Shanahan said in his comments, talking about the very same thing, there are a bunch of guys looking to other guys to make the tackle. Like, oh, he's got it. Yeah. How, how much of that do you think was with the Seahawks? Do you think there were those moments where they're looking going, ah, Bobby's got this guy, or Bobby looking at somebody else going, oh, uh, Daryl Taylor's got him. I'm yeah. fine. I think it's that's probably part of every time you see somebody jogging. Because you, you just, whether it's the, the 49ers or the Seahawks, it's just you know, like, okay, he's got that. And then, you know, I, I, I uh, mentioned the, and there's no worse feeling, by the way, than that. When you know, Paul Moyer always tells a story about how, when I think it was his rookie year or second year, he thought the goal line was somewhere back, and so he stopped, and the guy scored, and because he didn't, oh, he thought he was like on the ten or something. Yeah, five. yeah, and he just was like, oh, it looks horrible, you know. So I, I think most guys learn you don't want to be that guy, but I just don't think it was brought up enough last year. Well, what was happening during Tell the Truth Monday? I know that's the thing. You know, we talked about that that. You know, they needed to there needed to be the threat of being benched. Yeah. Accountability. No matter, no matter who you are. Yes. No matter who you are. Not if you're a future Pro Bowler or future Hall of Famer. I mean, it's it's something that just has to be a standard. And and I would argue that a lot of times the defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, they can cause that by overloading guys with too many assignments mm-hmm. you know and you you get to a point where it's like okay this rule then this check and then this and i got too much to remember it clogs me up and now all of a sudden i can't turn it loose and go play hard so yeah i think i think some of it is on the coaches but i mean for the players mostly i mean you, that's the one thing you don't want that i always talk about the tape that goes around the league mm-hmm. like other guys are and when you put something really good i'll look at, on the other side um, I had a linebacker from the Giants come up to me and say, hey, I've been watching you on because we were playing the NFC East and, you know, whatever. But, you know, you get that kind of compliment. 
that's like a putting a check in your back pocket. I mean, yeah. that's from one of your peers. I mean, that's that's awesome, and that's what you always want to put on film. And I just felt like last year, didn't anybody have that kind of? I mean, there are some guys that play hard every play. I mean, you look at Spoon, you look at you know Julian Love, you look at uh, Jordan Brooks. I mean, Big Cat. I think Jaron Reed. You know, but I mean, there's there's a few where it's like. And it's not so much of being a, a bad guy necessarily. It's just an awareness. Well, and you, you've talked about when you played, the, there were moments where you sort of unwittingly are watching the game. Yeah. And it's not, I'm lazy or I'm, I'm exhausted. You just you get caught up. You get caught up in watching. And yeah. that's, as I've seen those moments, and you've shown me the video of some of these plays, I'm thinking, all right, is that what's happening with this guy? Or is it he's gassed or he's like, eh. Bobby's got him, or somebody else has got him. Or, right. You know what, what? I'm just trying to think of what. What is the reason why we're watching what we're watching? Is it they're just getting caught up, like you said, or it's it's something else? Yeah. Well, and I I just think it's something that needs to be a point of emphasis. Like that's what Pete does. I mean, he works on on takeaways. Uh, he worked, you know, for 14 years on. What did they have? Turnover Thursday or Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, tell it was. the truth Monday. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So they always, you know, emphasize that. I think this needs to be uh, an emphasis that, hey, we have to go. I don't care. We're going to go out there. We're going to practice, and you guys are going to go flying around everything except tackle to the ground, and let's make sure that that's what we're – that's our theme of how we're going to practice today. And then you just get into a habit, and then it becomes something that you always do, and you just play it at at a different speed. And that's what I saw from the Baltimore Ravens defense. They just play at a different speed. You see the the 49ers, and I – I guess I never really recognized them for – I thought their linebackers attack people. But when you see it and go back and watch, which is a 15-yard uh, touchdown. 42 or something and like that. And then a 42-yard touchdown from uh, you know one of their receivers. So, And if you go back and look at that, it's uh, yeah, it's Jameer Gibbs and um, Jamison Williams. You, you can see it. You can mm-hmm. absolutely see it, and it's just not their standard. So I, I think Steve Wilkes is a really good coach. I mean, he was a head coach there for a while, and they've had really good defensive coordinators down there. They've had Robert Sala. Yeah. Uh, they had D'Amico Ryan's. So yeah, it's uh, but that that's a standard. I think that I'm really hoping that's going to be an emphasis here. All right, coming up, it takes us to unknown places each day, and we'll come back and find out exactly what we learned. That's next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. This is a house of learned doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. (laughs) It's the easiest way out. Sometimes stupidity is the easiest way out, Mike Ford. So, uh, as you said, Lefko, it takes us to unknown places each day. Are yeah, we, it's fun. You never know the journey you really find yourself on. All right. Well, what did we learn today? Sounds very dramatic. Yeah. Uh, well. For this show. <laughs> with the segment you guys just had with El Hombre, where I think he spent the first 15 minutes complaining about things. And then this next thing, we learned that uh, we had a very old man show today. You'd think that I would have gone and looked up what are some of her songs, because I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly, I don't know that I could name a title. Bob, you're a music guy. Come on. I I, I know. I should know a title of one of her songs. I know I've heard them. You, Didn't you, can't you say help. she writes songs about breakups? Yeah, that's her thing. I, the, all of her songs supposedly are about breakups. I mean, she was a country artist when she first came out. Hey, shake it off if you can't name any of her Shake songs. it off. It's that's fine. one. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's not like it's a love story or anything. Nice. What was what is that part? I said it's not like it's a love story or anything. It's a love story. Is that the title? That's another title. The word just story. I'm naming titles. White House. Matt's about to throw like thirty at you. Look what you made Lefko do. <laughs> like recently, there's been some bad blood between me and Matt. Um, there kind of is. a kind of a blank space <laughs> between us. But ultimately, you belong with me, Dave. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> look Lefko. what you look what you made me do. Are you a fan, Lefko? She does have a lot of catchy hits. I knew you were trouble. These are all. These are all. Uh, I'm. I'm you're sneaking in the, the title titles. Yeah, yeah. It's the story Pop. of you two. You could say do it's the story of us. You get it? I get yeah. it. I do yeah. get it. Yeah. It's very sly. Very slick. <laughs> uh, so you you are a, a semi-fan? No, I know her music. So I think it's inescapable, but uh, I was not one of those who went to the concert. I'll say that. Mm. Matt? I didn't go to the concert, but I had friends from out of town who went to the concert. Oh, really? And me, being a great friend and also Mm. a moron, said, Mm. I don't want you to have to pay for an Uber out of there or to catch the bus, which will take hours. So I drove them there and then picked them up afterwards. That's very nice of you. What a nice guy. A lot of traffic, though. You you immediately regretted that (laughs) decision. Oh, I very much did. It seemed like such a nice thing, and then I realized, oh, but now I actually have to do it. That is a very nice gesture. Hold on. I think Matt Nelson, secretly, good guy, nice person. Between the coffee tipping, between picking up your friends, you're I'm trying a to nice play person. this grumpy, hates other people. Wants to live in a lighthouse. Yeah, wants to live in a lighthouse. With no other people. <laughs> I'm a nice person to, like, five people, and that's about it. I got my core group. The three of us. The rest of the earth. I was going to say the three of us are all sitting here wondering. Hmm. I wonder if. Oh, you don't have to wonder. Is it me? Maybe. It's no one in this room. We we learned that. Ouch. You mean that room? (laughs) The building. I'm in a different room. The whole building. We keep learning some hurtful things today. Yeah. Yeah, This is terrible. Karma. Karma's going to get you. (laughs) This can't be news to you. It can't be right. (laughs) Mike. Mike knows the songs. He knows all the songs. Uh, well, Dave, I think, could just name titles now the rest of the show. He's got them pulled up. So uh, <laughs> we did learn some more stuff. We learned that, actually, if you don't know something, just ignore it. At the Pro Bowl, and they were getting guests, and somebody brought over who they thought was Jeff Garcia, and they sat down and started talking to him. It was Tim Dwight. Remember Tim Dwight, the returner? I think he was with the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, white guy. He was, I guess he looks similar. Yeah. And they started the, talking to him. Kind of looks like a quarterback. I think I think they did. They showed, we At one point, we looked at a side by side, like, yeah, I guess I could see that. Mix-up, but. <laughs> when you start an interview and then you realize you don't really know who it is, this happened one time. Gosh, I wish I could remember the player, but the Seahawks used to send him up to postgame, and New York Vinny was running the postgame, and they sat the guy down, and I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And Vinny didn't know who he was, so he just ignored him. And he just sat there <laughs> continually doing the, the post-game show. And then finally somebody came over and wrote a uh, little note and handed yeah. it to him. It was some obscure wide receiver, but <laughs> it was like, I'm just going to ignore this. Yeah. can't believe you let him just sit there. Good old Vinny. Vinny was awesome, man. I That was my first year working, I think, post-game. Uh, I think it was just him and I. But, um, you know, the guy was just sitting there, and we're like, eh, you know, uh, it was some random white dude who uh, was a receiver, and I can't even remember his name now. But <laughs> Vinny just sat there with his head down, and I'm like kind of, you know, motioning. I think it was Matt Johnson at the time. I was like, hey, can we get, can we get a name here? 
who it is because I didn't know who it, who it was either. And that's that's pretty horrible, right? The guy comes up from the locker room up to the to the uh, Wells Fargo Lounge where we used to do the post game show, and you know, it takes the time to come up there, and it's a hassle and everything, and we don't even know who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Well, was uh, it you and I at training camp? I can't remember if it was you and I or, or Graz and I out at training camp. No, I think it was us. And Stacy said she was talking to some player, and she like pointed to go talk to them, and we were on the air, and he had his. He had his jersey pulled up over his pad, so you couldn't see his nameplate. Yeah. Helmet off, and he comes and sits down with us and going, how's it going? We're on the air. We're on the, How you doing? How's practice? No idea who he was, and then NASA finally came over, and I'm going, mouthing, who is this? Yeah. He wrote it down on a card because right. he just sat down, put the headsets on, and we're all like, hey, pretty hot day out there. Looking like a good day of practice or whatever the hell we were saying to him. I, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, yeah. that was like a panic Started feeling off. like, oh, it's terrible. Who is this? You want to go, hey, uh, can you give us your uh, name, rank, height, oh, weight? Couldn't see his number. He pulled yeah. his jersey up so you couldn't see even look at the, the depth chart to see his right. number. I'm going, <laughs> I have no idea who this is, but we were interviewing him on the air. You should have gone with the... Uh, Oh, hey, so what would you say you do here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a little context from that. I, by the way, I was at that, you know, that celebrity golf tournament they have in Tahoe every year. We, oh, yeah. we used to broadcast from there. And our producer came over and sat down, uh, Dick Duran. Remember him? Do Head coach. He was, I think he, he Bears, coached the right? Bears. You see, might have coached maybe? the Bills, too, I think, maybe. Uh, but he had lost a bunch of weight. He sat him down at our set and walked off and... Neither me or my co-host knew who he was because he looked physically looked different, and we're trying to get his attention, like to do the same thing right on the card. Who the heck is this? And you just go through all this small talk without introducing him. Like, hey, great day out here. Oh, yeah, I'm fun. How's the how's your golf game? You know, we're just killing yeah. time until we can get our producer's attention to give us a name. But if you have to finally at some point tell everybody who it is, how do you approach that? You just go. I don't know. Listen, I'm really sorry. You know, all I've you... got no idea who you are. I've been talking to you for five minutes. Yeah, that's that's a bad feeling. Uh, Dick Duran from Swamp Scott, Massachusetts. Did he? That's did a he, fun name. He coached the Bills at one point, didn't he? Yes, yeah. two thousand six, two thousand nine, and then uh, ended up really? as the Browns' defensive coordinator for a year, twenty eleven to twenty twelve. Now I recognize him. Yeah, that, that's a panic feeling. I remember just me and my co-host just sitting there looking at each other like. What the hell is this? What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> just small talk with a with a voice that nobody knew. We were, I mean, it was just anybody in the audience is probably going, "Who the hell is this guy?" It's just, so important. We get him on. Oh, we don't even know who he is. Such a panic feeling. Well, what? yeah. Speaking of things that we didn't know before today, uh, we learned that Matt Nelson, known deer antler spray user. Mm. Well, then he had the deer antler spray. And then the deer <laughs> antler spray, which I still haven't even heard anything about that since that Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. What was it perceived to be? Some sort of steroid? Some sort of yeah, it was some enhancement sort of, of, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was. I heard that's what Matt takes for his uh, lighthouse gig. Is that his lighthouse gig? Yeah. Well, you can't fall asleep, Bob, or else ships are just going to shipwreck all over the place. <laughs> They're just going to be running into rocks everywhere. you got to be awake 72 hours at a time. It's tough. <laughs> so it's the tough deer gig. antler spray... Get you where you need to go. Doesn't the light just kind of go on its own? You don't really need to be awake to turn it. Boy, Dave, you know nothing about lighthouses, do you? Is that right? Yeah. You sound Canadian Come on. You sound so ignorant about the <laughs> concept of a lighthouse right now, Dave. It's honestly okay, I'm sorry. So, so what are some of the concepts that we don't understand that you do? You have to be vigilant as a lighthouse operator, Dave. What if you have ships crashing all over the place? You have to be ready. You, you got to be subscribed on that lighthouse. You have Do to be alert. 
This might be the worst thing we've done on the radio. <laughs> we've done this long time. Somebody recommended that movie to you, Matt. Uh, I think it's called The Lighthouse, right? With Willem Dafoe. I've seen Lighthouse. Great is it, movie. Is it messed great? up movie? But a great movie. Does it take? Is the whole thing shot inside? Like you're in one. You're like spot on the, the island whole? the whole time. Hmm. It's a great movie. It's but black and white, right? Yeah, I, I saw clips it's of that. Not very realistic if you've seen it. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it that I can say on air, frankly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, did we learn anything else? That That's is it. it. That oh. is it. All right. There you go. All right, everybody. That is it for us. I want to thank our guest today, Sam Fortier from the Washington Post, giving us a little insight on Eric Bieniemy as a possible offensive coordinator out here. And of course, El Hombre, Michael Bradley, who's with us each and every week. Great stuff from him. If you missed any of today's show, where were you? okay you can find it on the podcast page at seattlesports.com click the podcast tab click on our picture and most importantly click subscribe don't push it the way dave says click it click it and it'll work out perfectly for you have a great night everybody we're back tomorrow with wyman and bob seattle sports on 710